Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Hey, you guys picked a great day to come to church. Uh, my family is finally healthy. Um, my lovely wife is up there taking some photos and carrying one of our kids. And so uh, we, we are glad to be all healthy. We spent the entire month of January sick with something, it felt like. So it's, it's going to be a great day. We are continuing today our messaging series called Rings. Uh, and uh, how many of you know marriage is amazing? Wow, two motivated people. Uh, marriage is a blessing and a bit of a battleground. Can, can I get an amen? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're, we're really excited. Uh, before that, let's pray together. Let's ask God to open up our heads and our hearts today for, for his word as we, as we get ready to receive from, from his word this morning. Uh, Heavenly Father, we love you. God, you are so good. Marriage is your idea. I believe that you've set your spirit in part to help us live this life out and, and in part to do marriage, Father. And so we, we thank you, we look to you, and may the Bengals win in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I really don't care, but it'd be cool to see them maybe maybe get one. We'll, we'll see. But that Rams D, though, man, they, they are amazing. So uh, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, I want to read a few portions of Scripture, and then we're going to talk uh, this morning about the current of connection and the current of conflict. And, and uh, this morning, I think it's very important because currents are, are real, aren't they? I got into diving about 2012, I think 2013, scuba diving, not like the diving off of, of a board or, or out of a plane, but scuba diving. And it opens up a, an entirely new world, you know, sea turtles and eagle rays and, you know, all kinds of really cool stuff I'd never see and uh, nurse sharks and sharks. It's just, it's, it was super fun. And I'm, I'm kind of a nature guy. I enjoy hiking before. And so down here, there's not a lot of places to get a good hike. So I, I got into scuba diving and really loved it. One of the things that I underestimated was the power of a current, the power of a current. And, and when you go diving, they warn you, the boat captain will often tell you where the current is coming from because underwater, it is kind of hard to tell how fast you're going, how far you've gone. You know, it's hard to kind of get your bearings. And so you go down with a compass, but even with a compass, you might know kind of the direction you're going, but you may not know like how, how far you've gone down that way. One particular time, a diving buddy and I were diving, and, and we, we came up, and in our mind, the boat should have been, you know, 30 yards or 20 yards over here. And when we got up, the boat was like 60 yards back that way. And it was really funny. We're like looking around, and we're like, oh, my God, we've drifted off to sea. And it was just back over here. We were going the right direction. We had just gone way, way too far uh, because of the, the current. It was, it was pulling us. The, thi- the thing about a current is that when you're fighting it, it takes a lot of focus and a lot of effort to go against it. But when it's on your side, you can kind of relax a little bit. It'll carry you a while, you know. And what I found to be kind of true in a lot of relationships is there's, there's either a current of conflict, and over the course of 90 days, there's just a lot of tension with a few good days sprinkled in, or there's a current of connection that's established where over the course of 90 days, there's a lot of happiness, a lot of joy, a lot of peace, a lot of connecting with a few bad days sprinkled in there. First of all, everyone has bad days, right? You're going to argue just when you fight, fight fair. You're going to have conflict. It's part of marriage, you know, but overall, we want most of our marriages to be going down a current of connection and not of conflict, and that's, that's where we're going to kind of go 
today. All right, now, Genesis chapter 2, I want to begin reading here. In verse 7, it says, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Let's jump down to verse 21, right? And then God said, I think we could do a little bit better. Come on, somebody. Come on, ladies. I'm trying to help you out, okay? And so then he caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And when he slept, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the area of flesh, and from the rib the Lord God had taken from the man, he made woe man. Come on, somebody. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for out of the man she was taken. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. That word in the Hebrew, united, literally means to cling, to stay close, keep close, stick with like glue, follow closely, and be joined to the Holy Spirit, and you, you probably know this already, you probably believe this if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit has a plan of deep connection for you in your marriage. Now, if marriage is a God idea, and if the Holy Spirit wants us to be connected, right, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Why does conflict seem so easy, and why does connection seem so challenging? I love this quote. It's been said that getting married takes less than 30 minutes, building a marriage takes 30 years. It's just part part of it. So today, how do we slow the current of conflict and how do we accelerate the current of connection? That's what I want to talk about. If, if this deep connectedness is the plan of the Holy Spirit, God made it, why is it so challenging? A couple things that Alyssa and I have learned on the way of 16 years of marriage. We definitely don't have it all figured out. We've learned a few things. How do we slow down the current of conflict. If you're taking notes this morning, number one, the first thing I'd like to talk about is find your phrase. And this is coming from the book Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egrich. If you've never read the book Love and Respect, man, come hit me up afterwards. I'll send you the link on Amazon. It's an awesome book to read if you're married. It helped us a lot. Uh, three years into marriage, Alyssa and I were stuck in what he calls the crazy cycle. If you've never heard of the concept of the crazy cycle, it goes something like this. My wife says something to me, and I interpret it in a bit of a different way, and I take an offense. Perhaps she didn't mean it, but I heard something different. D Dr. Emerson argues that men and with women, they talk different, they hear different, they see different, which is kind of, kind of true, right? So my wife says something, I take it a certain way, now I react with an attitude. Now she's mad at me because I've reacted with an attitude. I'm mad at her for starting something, right, even though she didn't intend it. And within 2.3 seconds, come on, couples, you know how this works. Like you're stuck in what he calls the crazy cycle. You're not quite sure how it got started, but you're kind of arguing now, and you're in a bit of conflict, and you're frustrated, and you're irritated, right? And it just, it just takes off. He, he kind of argues this point. He says typically what happens is when a guy feels disrespected, he will often respond in an unloving way. And when a wife feels unloved, she reacts in a disrespectful kind of way. And we kind of end up doing this thing where we enter the crazy cycle. So three years into marriage, my wife and I were stuck in like a consistent crazy cycle period. We were arguing over the small things. One of the best marriage advices I could give is don't sweat the small stuff. Don't argue where you put the Christmas tree or, you know, these are the small things like don't even sweat the small things. Life is way too big to sweat the small things. And so we were just stuck in this thing. And after reading this book, we realized, yo, like, this is what we're stuck in. We're interpreting, and, and we're picking up the meaning, and we're adding to it, and we're, we're stuck in conflict. And so he says, find your phrase. And, man, if you are married, this is what you're going to do starting this evening. 
You and your spouse are going to go home and find your phrase. What's the off-ramp before you get into the conflict? And so for us, we would have a little simple phrase like, hey, that felt unloving. Or, yo, that felt disrespectful. Did you mean it? What did you mean? Or, hey, and it steps on my toes. Like, what did you mean? That little phrase, what did you mean, right? This is the diplomatic off-ramp before the war starts, right? That's what this is. And we realize this is the most powerful thing we can do before I just react emotionally, right? Before my amygdala hijacks everything logical and I react. What did you mean? Let's talk about it and let's take the off ramp. Couples today, if you're listening to me, how do you slow down the current of conflict? You find your phrase and you take the off ramp. Take the off ramp first. Number two, how do we slow down the current of conflict in our marriage? A little little thing called EPR. You've heard of CPR, that saves lives. This is called EPR. P-R. It's, it's actually developed by managers on how to handle business conflict, and it is brilliant in marriage. The E stands for empathetic listening. You might say today, Pastor Matt, my spouse has pathetic listening skills, but no, this is, this is empathetic listening. This is listening, and, and husbands, hear, hear this, this is listening not to respond, this is listening to understand. When a guy asks another guy, you know, if I call Felipe up and I'm like, hey, Felipe, I got this problem. What do you think about it? Most guys in that moment, I'm not looking for Felipe to understand how I feel, right? Like, I don't, I don't want him to, to, to get into my emotions and understand everything. I just like, yo, I've thought about this problem for three days. It's driving me nuts. What's your answer? When a guy asks another guy, what do you think about this problem? He's not looking to relate in that moment. He wants a solution because he's already thought about it. He's already frustrated. He's like, if I knew it, I would have thought of it, but I don't. So help me out, you know. When my wife asks me, you know, like, hey, I got this problem and stuff, she doesn't want my answer in five seconds. She wants me to understand how she feels. She wants me to get in the emotional trench with her, right? Like she wants me to fully understand her experience. And, and I have learned that over the years. It's like when my wife tells me she's got a problem, she doesn't want my answer in three seconds. I have to be empathetic, and I have to listen to the whole story so I have the full context of how, she really, you know, how she's really feeling and where she's really at. So I, I've learned over the years I have to embrace empathetic listening, not to listen to respond, not to listen to just win an argument, but I want to listen to how they feel, how they think, where their worldview is, where they're coming from, I need to understand. That's something that I have really grown in a lot because I'm, I'm a great, uh, I love to communicate. I don't like to listen. And I have to constantly tell myself as a leader, slow down and listen. My core team will all laugh at me because they know it's true. It, they work with me every week. It, it's like I work on, I got to listen. I want to understand. Now, the second part, the P stands for parroting, okay? So simply, you are repeating back what they said to you. And, and this, this box doesn't get checked until they have agreed that you understand where they're coming from. How, how do you slow down that, that current of conflict, right? Man, EPR, I'm listening to understand, and then I'm repeating back to you, right, like what you actually said. And we're not satisfied until you agree, yes, you understand where I'm coming from. That's, that's the secret of parroting, right? I'm, I'm telling you back what I heard so you get that I actually got it. 
and the R stands for rewarding. Not necessarily I agree with you, but I reward you with I, the fact that I've acknowledged what you've just said to me. Couples, this is what you want to do starting this evening, starting tomorrow morning. You want to embrace EPR. You know, you, you want to not just win the argument. You don't want to have a rushed conversation. You want to sit down here, repeat it, and reward them and acknowledge them. Most conflict starts when one person feels undervalued. If, if, you, if we look at human conflict, what, what's happening? Someone feels, you don't hear me, you don't listen to me, you don't care. You're not valuing me, and so I'm going to shout, and I'm going to shout louder, right? This is kind of how, how a lot of marriages get off a little bit, right? In fact, if we look at the top five reasons that couples get divorced, are you ready for this? In the last couple of years, they did a little survey. Why do couples get divorced? Here's the top five reasons. Number one, conflict and arguing. That's the number one reason couples get divorced, conflict and arguing. Number two, lack of commitment. Three is infidelity. Four is lack of physical intimacy or a distance emotionally. Number five, communication problems. Guys, if we would slow down, ladies, if we would slow down, if we would take the off-ramp before we jump on that crazy cycle and we would listen to understand, we'd say it back so they can hear it, so they know we've heard, and then we simply reward with, I may not agree, but I love and value you. Therefore, your opinion is valid. We're not even necessarily looking for agreement here. We're just looking for, I value you, and I value what you just told me because I care. And if you can just say, listen, I value you, and baby, you're still the greatest thing in my life, and I love you, I honor you, that right there will take care of nine out of ten conflicts in marriage, and that's going to move you a little closer toward connecting and away from conflict. Amen? And again, guys, I know I'm talking to us. This is hard for us because we want to hear it, and boom, I want to I tell you the answer, and I want to get over it. But she's looking to be understood most of the time, and so we want to we get better and better at that. Last one on this. How do we slow the current of conflict? I, I could take all day to talk about all these things, you know. That's why our marriage uh, brunch is coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to spend some more time on marriage because I was like, God, you got to help me boil all this down. There's probably like three hours of content I've got and i got to get it done in 25 minutes. Uh, but number three, the last thing on this, look for the win-wins. Your marriage is not an argument to win. You've, you've heard me say this before. You can win an argument and lose the person in the process. Your marriage is not an argument to win. You've got to look for the win-wins. In fact, I don't win in my marriage until we win. What happens is God puts you together back-to-back to, back to fight the world and what a lot of couples do over time is they turn on each other. And they use their fighting skills on each other instead of staying back to back, us versus the world. They, they end up turning on each other. Look for win-wins. My wife and I now are amazing at trading. We've become excellent at the marriage bartering system. She wants something, and I'm like, I don't want it. I don't feel like we have the money, blah, blah, blah. But I'm willing to trade this for that. We are amazing at trades in our marriage 16 years on. In fact, we all get everything we want based off of trading. We're looking for the win-wins. I'm like, okay, you want that, and I want this. But we don't have that. Yeah, but I'm willing to trade it. Everybody wins, and everybody's happy if we can establish some great trades. If you've not traded something with your spouse, most likely you're both miserable. Well, listen, you can both be happy. Just find something to trade. If you don't want the new shoes, just trade something else for it, right? Just get good at finding win-wins. What are you looking for this week, couples? You are looking for win-wins.
wins. Do not approach your spouse as an argument to, to win or fight against, right? It's we win, right, when we, we both win. It's we win, not, not I win this morning. Y'all picking that up a little bit? So far tracking. Okay, listening, we're taking notes. Here we go. How do we speed up the current of connection? How do, I, how do we accelerate now the current of connection? If, if we want to work on our conflict, we want to work on our disagreements, we want to slow that current down, really what I want is in 90 days, I want it to be a lot of joy, a lot of peace, a lot of fun with a few spats in and out there, right? Again, where couples get in trouble is when it's all mostly conflict and then a few good days. We, we want to drift you from that. We want to drift you toward how, how do you have a lot of joy and a lot of fun. Uh, first thing on this one, feed your spouse. Feed your spouse. I'm not just talking a good chicken dinner, okay? I'm talking the five love languages, all right? They are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. If you've never read the book, The Five Love Languages, here's another great assignment for you couples. Go home, buy it on Amazon for use for five bucks, and read The Five Love Languages because these things are real. I need to feed my spouse her love language. And, and this is hard because I want to feed her the one that I want to give, right? So I love words of affirmation. I love physical touch. Those are my two top ones, right? But here's the thing. I love to give words of affirmation. I love to say, yo, you're doing awesome. You're, you're great. You got this. My wife, however, likes acts of service. Guess which one is my least favorite to offer and give? Acts of service. So how do I tell my wife that I love her? I do the dishes. I sweep. I, 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 I mow the lawn, right? Like I'll fold laundry. Like revival would break out of my house, right? If I fold the laundry for a week, like, like I just... Serve her. That is her number one is I, she loves it when people serve. That's how she like gift giving is very low for her. Right. But man, if you, if you serve her, she just she falls in love. And so what do I have to do? I, I, don't, I can't give the one that I like to give. I have to learn to give the one that feeds her soul. This goes back to honor. How do you know that you've honored someone when they feel honored? How do you know that you're loving your spouse when they feel loved? And I have to feed her the, the ones that mean a lot to her, which it does nothing for me, right? It just does nothing for me. See, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather, like, hire out the dishes or something. Like, but no, for her, the service is what communicates love. And so I have to discipline myself to do that. My question to you, are you feeding your spouse what they need? Not what you need and want, not what you want to give. Are you feeding your spouse what they need? Again, go home tonight and feed your spouse what they need. Second one, affirm what is present. This is a big one. Uh, we were traveling uh, a, a month or so ago uh, around Christmas time at the airport, and there was a sign that said, if you see something, say something, right? And so it's like, hey, if you see something, you know, fish or whatever, you're supposed to say something. So if you see something, say something. So I, I'm, I'm flipping that a little bit for us today. If you see your spouse doing something awesome, say something. Never withhold your words of blessing for your spouse. We all need encouragement. It's like showering. We need it daily. We just need it, you know. And, and, and gentlemen, here's what I found out is, is as I shower words, you know, on my wife, the points go to zero every single night. I have to start all over the next day, right? The points go back to zero every day. And, and I think God designed marriage to be a continual pursued. And so if I see something, I say something like, yo, babe, you're, you're doing an awesome job being a mom. Like, how do you do it? You're incredible. And how do you see something? Say something. Here, here's what's so funny about all of us, right? Last week I said we're all a mixture of, you know, uh, features and, and flaws, okay? 
what happens to us in marriage is we see something in our spouse that we don't like, a, a negative thing, we, we, we're not feeling it. What we do is then we kind of get negative. And we think falsely, with my negative behavior, I will change their negative behavior. In reality, what happens is we're both just miserable, right? And we never communicate. So often in marriage, the issue is not actually the issue. You're arguing over dusting, but the issue is you feel unloved, right? You're arguing o- o- over the laundry, but the issue is you feel disrespected, right? So, so the issue is not the issue. So, and then by my negative behavior, I'm going to try to change your negative behavior. And now there's just this cycle of negativity, right? And so how do, we, how do we change that around? Again, so often, instead of celebrating who someone is, we start criticizing what they're not, right? And so we got to be careful. I want to celebrate what my spouse is. And if they are going to go to the next level, guess who's, what's going to get them there? Encouragement, not discouragement, right? I mean, men will never try to do something they don't believe they can do. You will never see me at an Olympic ice skating match ever. I look at them and I'm like, my God, I can barely skate from one side of the rink to the next without falling, let alone spin and jump. It's not my gift. You're never going to see me do it. Why would a man try to become something if he doesn't believe in his heart and his mind he can do it? And, 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 and ladies, let me help you. If you keep the discouragement piling on, you know, you, you will always be the greatest woman in his life. A man has his mom. Think about this. And then a little boy grows up. And, and who are most of his teachers growing up? Women. Who's telling him he's doing a good job or not? Nine out of ten times, it's a, it's a woman. And then he marries the most beautiful woman in, in his life. And, you know, and so many times after preaching, I just go to listen. Like, yo, was that good today? Like, like nobody laughed at my jokes. But tell me I'm still awesome. Like, that was good, right? Like, uh, did I communicate? Like, what am I looking for? I'm just looking for affirmation. I want to hear from you that I, I, you know, we can still communicate. Like, when we all do this as men. And so, ladies, be sensitive to that, right? And, and often I think wives can get in this, this little pattern of where we're trying to, you know, pick apart something negative by using negative words, and it just doesn't work like that. You know, maybe he's doing his best to be the spiritual leader of the house, and I, I think for most guys, they're like, what does it even mean to be the spiritual leader of my house? I don't even know how to do that, you know, but listen, if, if he comes to church with you just one Sunday a year on Easter, celebrate it, right? And if he prays just one prayer a year, it, maybe it's not even a good prayer, right? But, but celebrate it. Go whisper in his ear like, yo, when you pray, that really turns me on. That man will be speaking in tongues by next year. Like, I am telling you, like, like he, there's just something about, like, like, if you encourage somebody when they're down or they're a little iffy, your encouragement will always take somebody farther than your discouragement. Amen? And so we want to affirm what is present. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Imagine, I've got power in my mouth to bless my spouse or really discourage my spouse. I can't have a joy-filled marriage with harsh words. I I can't have a joyous marriage with with words of contention and discouragement. I I can't have a life-giving marriage with words of discouragement all the time, can I? No. Why? Because life and death, they're in the power of the tongue. What's that atmosphere like? Am I talking life over my marriage. Amen. Last one. When in doubt, have more sex. The kids were crazy today. What do you want to do? I don't know. You want to have sex, right? I, so much laundry to fold. Do we have to though? We don't need clothes for this. Like I I can't pay the bills. We're going to lose the house, but we still got the bed. Okay. It's not that bad. It's not that deep, but like when in doubt, have more sex. Here's what's so funny, right? Before marriage, the enemy always trying to push us into sex. After marriage, he's always trying to pull you away from sex. 
Sex is the fire that warms the entire household. And yeah, come on, somebody. I knew I'd get at least one amen. See, I ended on this one because I'm like, if they don't do anything else I said today, they're at least going to go home and do this, okay? Have more sex, amen. Against popular belief, and I want to say this, is that the devil did not create sex. God did. I think even as Christians, we get this belief, oh, the devil created sex and all this stuff. It's like, no, no, man. God created sex, and it glorifies him, and it glues that marriage and that family unit together. If you want what you had, you have to do what you did. So many people are like, yo, pastor, my marriage started out great, and it's on fire, and I don't know where it went. Listen, when your car runs out of gas, you don't sell the car, you refuel the tank. Maybe for some of us this morning, we just need to go home and pray and say, Father, refuel my tank. Give me passion for my spouse. Help me to get over this current of contention and conflict and give, give me a heart. Give me your heart for them and fuel us with hunger again for each other and light us on fire and God, fuel our tanks. And I believe the Holy Spirit will do that. Again, we've been married 16 years, and, man, after seeing your spouse naked after the 10,000th time, it, it doesn't quite give the same energy it did after the third time. And, and so, but what happens is the friendship takes over, the depth takes over, the connectedness takes over, and you're like, Father, give me fire for my spouse and fuel us again for each other. And I'll tell you, 16 years into marriage, the Holy Spirit has been faithful. God will never leave you nor forsake you. And so this morning, if you're just kind of doing marriage by faith, could I encourage you to lean into God and say, Father, get in the middle of my marriage and talk to me. Talk to her. Help us restore the passion because it's your idea. And without you, this is impossible. So invade my space. And when in doubt, have more sex. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, I, I, I just wanted to give a few pointers, I guess, on each one. But help us as couples move from conflict to connection. Lord, there is no perfect marriage, but I hope that the weeks and the days of most marriages here would just be in joy, they'd be in happiness, that they would be in a cycle of connection. And God, I thank you that marriage is your idea, and therefore it has your blessing, and it's got the power of the Holy Spirit behind it. So Father, today I, I pray that they would take to heart some of these things I said, and they would take the off-ramp before conflict begins, and they would really invest in their spouse and connectedness and there's no way to do marriage apart from me killing my flesh and following the Holy Spirit. But as both couples do that, as both parties do that, God, I believe that something beautiful can be made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.com. Church. Have an amazing week.